Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. We recap the European Cups. We talk briefly about the Euros, which are upon us. But first, we go through our team of the season in the Premier League. Danny's got a game for us. We've got front feedback for, and we might have a few laughs along the way. And uh, let's go. be outraged and probably do like a verbal meme of Hastings from Line of Duty going, Mother of God, Gareth Southgate, you've not picked Trent Arnold. Now I'm saying Mother of God, we've got six right backs. I don't know where to be outraged. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, he seems to have picked an odd side, but uh, I don't know. Do you think we'll have a, a powerful right side to take us all to the Euros or look at our midfield and be like, we've got no chance? I think at this rate, we're going to need two or three of them to play in defensive midfield, aren't we? Well, well, it looks like we've got a lot of defensive midfielders. What I thought we were lacking was a little bit of creativity from midfield. It looks like they're looking to get it all from the front. Yeah, he's he's already said Trent is a midfielder. So I think that gives a hint of what, where Trent's most likely going to play come the Euros, if he does play. So... He's starting him at right back tonight in the friendly against Austria. I think that's so harsh on Ward Prowse. The whole thing, like to, I agree. to get dropped, is bad enough when he's he's easily our best set piece play, uh, taker. But to then drop him for a right back, that's very very poor. I think I think he has more than enough right to be upset. But would you not would you not have been more outraged if Trent wasn't going? Which right back should should have missed out? Um, I think the I think. I think the worst right back there is probably Trippier. In terms well, he's of like, won, he's just won La Liga. He's one of the best right backs has, in La Liga. But then so is Sal, and Sal's not going with Spain. So I, 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 think, I think James, if you've got to drop one of them, Reese James is still young. He's he's more of a wing back. Maybe if they play five at the back, but we haven't got enough defenders to play three at the back. He, he, he was brilliant on Saturday night, though. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was absolutely brilliant. Reese um, James is great, but I'm. Um, and that, well, did you see that there was someone that tweeted out? It was like our right backs. We've got Reese James, who's just won the uh, Champions League. You've got Carl Walker, who's just won the Premier League. You've got Kieran Trippier, who's just won the La Liga. And we're all outraged that Trent Alexander Arnold doesn't uh, wasn't picked because he's not done anything or something like that. So there's something about him, hey, him being mad in a match against Villa or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I it's 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 a difficult one because look, I think it's a it's a useful problem to have, isn't it? Because We've clearly got a plethora of right backs that that can play for England, which is a good thing. The problem is, is, is it's always going to seem like someone's going to miss out. The problem I have is that it seems like the one who's missing out might be the best of the lot. And I don't know how he, he originally came to that decision. I don't know if he assumed that there might be players to drop off. So then, you know, you don't know what he's doing with his squad balance. He could be trying to keep certain people happy and knowing that he's going to be able to fit him in later. So what what one do you mean about the best one that out of the lot was going to miss out? Do you mean Trent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's arguable. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah. say like, oh, he's, it's an outrage. But it's arguable that Trent is the be- one of the best right backs. The problem is, you can make an argument for pretty much any one of them. Well, yeah, I've, I I would say I would caveat that by saying that Trent is the best footballer out of them. I don't think he's the best right back. 
I think, yeah, I think, well, and also, Bissaka has probably been the best right back out of all of them this season. Is not in the squad, is he? Yeah. I just, yeah. I just, if you had four world class goalkeepers, you wouldn't take one of them as a right back, would you? Um, or you wouldn't take one of them as a centre mid. I just don't get. I just really don't get the, the don't get the well, thinking behind it. I well, just, I do because I think <clears throat> he's thinking Trent will play further forward. He's thinking Carl Walker will play the right of a three if he plays a back five. So if he plays a back five, he's basically playing two right backs. So bringing four right backs is one in each position. So there is some logic there. The James Ward-Prowse, I don't, I don't feel outraged he got dropped. I think Southampton were terrible at the end of the season. Please. I think if we've got Trippier, Trent on, on the pitch, we don't need James Ward-Prowse. We've got enough, enough there. All right, he might be marginally better at free kicks than them, but it's not like... Yeah, but I think he takes a better corner than any of them as well. I think he, I think, I, I, I don't, don't know. Actually, I, I, I think you're forgetting. Also, I think he's better. I think he's better than Calvin Phillips as well. Yeah, Ward Prowse won't start either way, so I, yeah. I don't think you take him if for just set pieces. I think but, he's a good enough midfielder in his own right. Would you? And would I just you, think we need more bodies in midfield, which is why I would take. Him. Would you rate him? Would you rate him ahead of um, ahead of Calvin Phillips? See, I, Calvin, I, think he's I don't know. Better than Calvin Phillips. Calvin's a weird one because he obviously got called up while Leeds were still in the championship. Yeah. And I've tried to keep an eye out for him. And I don't know. I just don't I don't he never stands out. He never he never looks bad. He kind See, of I, just I, I, I disagree because I actually really like Calvin Phillips. And I would say I would say I like him for a young player. I do think that I mean maybe maybe for some reason you're talking about him in the same breath as Ward Prowse. For me, he's more of a defensive midfielder, isn't he? Isn't he someone that no, he's a he's a he's a centre mid. He's a ball player in the middle of the park. Like that's uh, what I would not a hard tackler. He's not like a, a Declan Rice. He's not like no, kind of a hard he's tackler. not a hard tackler. But he's more of a, a a break up type of guy. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna sort of go at someone's legs and take him out. He's he's just there to just break up play and then maybe just play it forward. Yeah, he's a he's a tidy player. He's a he's a I tidy player. I wouldn't put Calvin Phillips in the same category as uh, James Ward Prowse. I'd put Madison close to James Ward Prowse. That, that so that the, the putting them. Together, and the comparison is a little bit off for me. Um, other than other than that, for me, I think the team pretty much pretty much picks itself. I guess. Do you think there's anyone else like with the forwards, even midfield? I guess because we're talking more defensively, even centre backs. Do you think there's anything that's outrageous? It kind of just it kind of just plays itself when you really look at it, right? Yeah, I think I, the only thing I worry about is I think Rashford's going to start over Grealish, and I don't think I don't I wouldn't do that. Yeah, have you seen oh, the yeah, squad, guess... squad numbers? So yeah. that kind of hints what could be our starting lineup. Just yeah. really, case, number seven, isn't he? Yeah, in case you haven't got it, like it, uh, one to four is Pickford, Walker, Shaw, Rice. Then you've got Stones and Maguire, Grealish, Henderson, which is a, a rogue one, Kane, Sterling, and Rashford. So, so yeah, so presuming Henderson's injured, you've You've got a place up for grabs there, which could be covered. But also, Mount always wears nineteen because Mount wears nineteen for um, yeah. for Chelsea. Seventeen, as well. 17 isn't it? Or is it nineteen? He's nineteen. 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 I think. Um, I think Mount should start. I, I think if you if you're gonna if you haven't got Henderson, I think you start. I, I know why he'll start Phillips because he's liked Phillips and Rice, but I think. It, it does depend if we play three at the back or two at the back because if we play two at the back, we we'll probably need we need a bit more solidity in there. But I'd, I'd happily play Mount in there. I think he's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I think I, Mount I will start, but I think he'll start as an attacking player. I think yeah. he'll start in behind or one of the wide positions. I don't think he'll start centre mid. 
But let's face it, he's going to be starting a lot of players we don't like. Like Sterling will be starting. I don't. Yes, yeah, I don't want Sterling to start. He shouldn't be anywhere near the starting eleven. No, he shouldn't. Could um, could someone explain to me Jude Bellingham? Yeah, great player. What, what do you need explaining? Well, I've I've never really watched him, so I don't I don't quite understand why he's in the squad. And um, maybe there's a few others like that, but I just you know for me it seems like a young player who hasn't got as much experience. There's already a, a sort of a good number of young players in the squad. I just I just is is he is he this worthy? Is, this is the guy who's been keeping Axel Witzel and Emre Chan out of the Dortmund team, and he's 17 years old. Mm. Is he still seventeen, or is he? He's been seventeen for about two years. No, he was sixteen when they, he was sixteen at Birmingham when they signed him. So, so he is mustard. Whether he's ready, whether he's ready for for a big tournament now is I'm not sure because I don't. I'm wondering if this is a Pierre Walcott thing. No, no he's not. He's, he, he's better than that. He's he's, he's not he's not a token he's not a token signing. To, he's he's been in the England squad before. He's not a token player that you just take with you, not at all. I think one, we're short on midfielders, as we've said. We don't have any others. And with Henderson out injured, what do we do? We don't, don't have, like, name another midfielder that you might take outside of Walcraft. There aren't many. So, is Madison still injured? But Madison's not a central midfielder. Madison's not really a centre mid. He's a 10, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you wouldn't play him there. He'd, he'd get too exposed. I don't think you could play him there. Like, particularly if Southgate wants to play with holding two, which he loves. You need... People that play that position, we just don't have them. And Bellingham is brilliant at that. And he, he showed it in the Champions League. So if he can do it in Champions League, why not for England? Then did he show it against the Champions League against quality? I know this is a different a different conversation for a different day. No, that's did he show it against quality opposition? So you, may, you, might, you might make a good uh, adjustment there. Carry on. I, I was going to say, um, he, did he do it against quality opposition in the Champions League? Because... They were quite they were quite badly beaten in the end. I can't remember who yeah. knocked Dortmund out, but they were quite badly beaten. And are you suggesting the league is farmers? No, no, no. What I'm saying is that have, I'm saying have we seen enough of him? Have we seen enough of him for him to be a starter for England yet? When, the when they knocked out by Man City. I don't remember. I think they were knocked out by Man City. I think they speaking just of Man, speaking of Man City. Yeah, they were. We, uh, I think last week or our last pod, we kind of all, you know, like we said that Man City were going to win a Champions League. And yet again, I think Mark said it perfectly. It's a, it's kind of a new term now. We have Spurs. He's now, we've got, he's pecked it. <laughs> picked a, a, an odd side. And uh, Tuchel is what, 3-0 against him this season or in the last 10 days or two weeks. Yeah, the best uh, thing about it is all this talk of a treble. The only treble they've had is losing to Tuchel three times in six months. So uh, shows it's not that easy. When me and Chris put the game on, we we hadn't seen the squad and we hadn't seen the starting lineup. But Gary Lineker just said, uh, and there was like a caption on saying, uh, "Pep has picked a peculiar starting eleven, and that was it." I was like, "I don't even need to see the eleven. I don't need to know who's missing. I don't need to know who's played in the wrong position." Like, I I know he's done something wrong. And before kickoff, I was like. They're in trouble. He's over. He's over fought it. He's. Why does he like, do that? It's so uh, weird. It's like I, he's trying to. It's, it's like he's he's trying to, trying to sort of make the the other coach second guess themselves by picking some random squad and being like, "What are we going to do here?" Um, but yeah, both finals were so similar in in that the respect shown by the Manchester clubs to the other team was was not needed. Like the the fear in in the man. I don't know. Chelsea, you've got to respect Chelsea. I mean, the thing is, you yeah, can, say, I can think, say everything is possible. First of all, I, I actually think with with Vera because I was the only one who said 
who said that I quite fancied Villarreal. And I, and if you remember, I did put my money where it, where my mouth was and won a nice 30 quid. But I think that they had to respect Villarreal. They had, a, they had a goal scorer that scored 30 goals this season. They had... Danny's fave. Danny's favourite, Gerald Moreno. They had playmakers in Danny Parejo. And, I mean, Danny Parejo was the best ball player in the whole of that midfield. They had Trigueros... Yeah, but, but it created one chance to like we can't let Villarreal winning on penalties suddenly mean Villarreal were, were they weren't dominant. they weren't the better side like not even a little yeah. bit you know if, you, listen, it, if they, you do listen to the pod I did say it will either the Manchester clubs will dominate it or the the fact is the other teams could grind out one nil wins and Villarreal won on penalties Chelsea got one nil it was like it was always going to go that way it was either I think if the Manchester clubs scored early the ties would have been over. And the fact is, is I purely put it down to too much respect. Like, Pep, I, I don't know. Also, I, th- I think, I think Rashford just, just didn't play well, which is a shame. It's, oddly enough, I've never been a big fan of Martial, but for some reason I thought, you're really missing him in a game like this. And, and Greenwood didn't play as well. I don't know, for whatever reason. You just, it just didn't turn up that day. That's all. And I think you that's because it- of respect. So I think they, oh. they just caught up in the occasion. They should have just well, rolled Rashford out. Like, bad all season. I think, I think Emery, Emery wanted that game. If, if Unai Emery could have written down how he wanted that game to go beforehand, that's exactly what he'd have written down. Like, if he'd written it down, there'd be a lot of bees in it. There'd be a lot of bees, yeah. But if, if he had written it down, he wanted to stifle the game. He wanted to play a low block. He wanted to pounce forward and, and counter-attack with two or three and use the pace of Trigueros and use the the sort of the, the running of, of Carlos Baca. And, and he wanted to take a chance when it came to him. Now, I'm not saying for a second that they're better 11 uh, player for player than United. But I think Unai Emery outmanaged Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because Unai Emery is a better manager than Solskjaer, the same way that Unai Emery is a better manager than Mikel Arteta. Um, and, yeah, that's what I think happened, basically. I think he probably spent the whole week before watching videos of Man United and he said, if we're going to beat them, this gives us our best chance. And in the end, it worked. I, I think they just a, went on penalties. penalties. I, do, I do think... We need to remember they won on penalty. It wasn't a masterclass from Emery. It was a De Gea missed penalty. It's not like that. We're talking a coin. I mean, De Gea was bad, wasn't he? It was really bad. If De Gea saves the goalkeeper's kick and then scores, is that a masterclass from Oli? Is that how we... No, but Oli was the favourite. Masterclasses. (laughs) No, no, but that's... It's like that kick means it's a masterclass. It's like it's a penalty shootout. It's a coin... (laughs) I think there's a nice synergy between what's going on with England and what's with Man United. Now, Man United have got a manager who knows how to counter-attack, knows how to set up a team to win on the counter, and has shown that this season quite well, quite regularly against the big teams. But we've always, always struggled for a long time now to break teams down. That's why there's still a role for matter. But you look at people, you talked about Green, Greenwood and Rashford, and they, were, they, they weren't given the opportunity to play well because, as you said, Rory, Emery had it all planned. He knew how to mark them out the game, basically. United haven't got either the strategy from the manager or the players, really, to break down a defence like that. I think it's quite funny because England, I think, also have, have that same problem. And someone like someone like Grealish, I think it's why he's... He, I'm phoned to an extent for England, but could be so important because if you put Grealish in that main United side, for example, or sort of like you said with Martial a little bit, but he could... He can, because he can swing past the player, he can create something, he can run the ball up the pitch, he can do stuff that a lot of other players can't. I think it's the same for England. If you rely on Kane, Sterling and Rashford to kind of win a skip, as soon as the team sits back against us, we're going to be screwed. There's nothing we can do. Um, and you can have Calvin Phillips playing 40-yard passes as long as you want, but 
we can get marked out of the game. So I think it's really interesting. There's a bit, there's definitely a synergy, and it'd be interesting to see how Southgate manages that because I think he's another one who probably doesn't have the nous to know how to break down the team, but, it, but relies on counter-attacking and everything else. Mark, what's the do you remember what it was that um, McManaman said on the commentary? We were like, this is just lazy commentary where the reason why Chelsea was beating Man City. Yeah, so McManaman was just like, Chelsea are sitting deep and, and absorbing the pressure, which I thought was lazy because Chelsea were actually the better team. Yeah. I, they had the best chances. Yeah. They weren't deep. I didn't think they were deep at all. And yeah, he was, and he just made it sound like, um, that Chelsea just had 11 men behind the ball yeah, and, and we're just trying to hit him on the break. And I was like, actually, I find that, I found it lazy. Uh, like well, I, I, tried, I, I tried to put my, 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 my amateur uh, analysis hat on and I was thinking, well, he, he did kind of have a point. I was, I sort of thought Chelsea was like a, a West Brom, but like a high level West Brom. They, you know, they were defensively sound. They forced Man City to play them long balls. Cause at the second half, we were like, this is really weird. Cause they're doing these crosses that like, Trying to put it in the mix, so the problem is all their players are like five foot seven, five foot eight against some of their big defenders. But what they had was the ability to then just break and just go. And obviously their goal was quite lucky, and and it kind of just opened up. But the it seems like for me the problem with Pep and Man City is that he thinks it's all about his system, really, isn't it? And then he thinks he can just put players in there, whoever they are, and just do that at a very high level. The the, the thing is they just couldn't break Chelsea down, and then they I think they were. You know that that goal was a good goal. Maybe a bit of luck involved, but it's not like Man City. The pass from the, you say luck. The pass that from pass Mount from is absolutely world class. Uh, like, do you know I've heard this. I've heard this a few times now. That pass, like I feel like ninety percent of footballers can make that pass because the space. Yeah, ninety percent don't see it. That's the they difference. can, yeah. Ninety percent go difference. into the channel. That's the difference. Most of them can can do it. Most of them don't see it. Or they do don't it. see it. That's the problem. Uh, no, see, I don't believe they can do it. We said it, Chris, you said it at the time. And I was like, what made that pass perfect is the ball stops. It dies before Edison can get it. You'll yeah. see that same pass made probably tonight. And Edison, or like a goalkeeper will sweep it up. And it'll be like, oh, the goalkeeper was sweeping. What made that pass so good is the goalkeeper thought he could get it, but the pass died before the goalie got there. But, but all that, what well, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a, it was a good pass technically, but it depends what you mean by anyone can play it. Could you go over Hackney Marshes and see a Sunday League player play it? No, of course not. I just not. mean that the space but, available. But in terms of so everyone, wild. you'd expect most most top level because I believe that's what Mount is now. Mount is a is a top twenty midfielder Love in the world, it. in my opinion. Right. And you'd expect most players of that level to be able to make that pass. I I think anyway. Like, because all it was, it was a bit of backspin. It was a bit of a bit. You know of what's worth watching? Ball. You know what you'll really like? I saw it yesterday on Twitter. I'll have to find the link. Someone shared a, a link. It was a video. Uh, I think it was... Um, no, it was one of the England players. Um, who was it? It might have been Bellingham or someone. They shared a link to a video of Gerard, And it said, this is absolutely outrageous how good his passing was. And it was just like a two-minute clip. But it was of all of his passes. And is exactly as you said, Mark. It, the quality of his pass was not just because he could do it, but it was the perfection, the, the speed of the ball. It was always perfect. It was always stopping exactly where the striker needed. So it was first time finish, first time finish. It's a really good video, actually. I can't. I'll, I'll try and find it. Um, but Gerald, that Gerald was ridiculous, though. We'll tweet it yeah, out. Okay. he was. Um, right. So we did our Premier League teams of the season. Um, what I'll do is I've got you to give me them beforehand. So I'll go through the ones that we pretty much all agreed on where there's 
six players that we've all agreed on. And then six that we've all got the same. It is six. We've all got the same. And then there's a few variances in there where I think three of the four have got the same and then uh, two of us. And then there's uh, a few players which only one of us got each. Um, can, I, so, can I guess what? Can I guess what everyone get? What everyone got? Sure, if you if you can do that quickly, yeah, go for it. So I think you already said it. One is Luke Shaw. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Yeah, I reckon another one is Ruben Diaz. Correct. I reckon another one's Kane. Correct. How many did you say? Six. Six. Yeah, that's three. That's three. Um, another one's Bruno. Phil Foden. No, no. Bruno. Uh, no. It's turned into really? a game now. It's right, turned into a game. Right, go on. Oh, Kante, yeah. Yeah, we've got um, Gundogan, all of us. Yeah. And we went all for Mo Salah. Which, you know, it's a weird one with Mo Salah because it's like, I guess it's because, you know, the amount of goals he scored. It's weird. It wasn't vintage Salah, but I guess compared to the rest of the league, you you kind of got to pick him up. When you're scoring 27 goals and it's still not vintage, like, yeah, what can you do? Yeah, I, I almost, I really wanted to put Grealish in, which I didn't in the end, and none I, of us did. I did, I did. It's just his injury. You couldn't I put him in because he's injured. You two sent yours yeah. over today. I did mine like last week. I can't even remember who. Yeah, I put soon, in. Soon, as soon as you've done it, it's like you had it ready to go. Mark yeah. sent his one with Sky Sports graphic. Like, I'm like yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he nicked it straight off Sky Sports. Well, what I did is within Sky Sports had like seven teams of the year and I was like within there are the players I want so I took one and then I was like copying and pasting some of the names over to make or in their work yeah <laughs> it didn't take long right so um all of us bar Mark went for Martinez as goalkeeper who did Mark um, go for Mark went for Schmeichel Schmeichel really yeah I I th- there's two you'll you'll hear him later another player I put in because I need I wanted some Leicester in there and I also thought Schmeichel was the reason Leicester won the FA Cup. And I was like, I just think, it, for me, it was it was a coin flip between him and Martin, Martinez. But I think Martinez sort of died off towards the end of the season. And Schmeichel had that big performance, which put him in mind. Can I ask then, did you do this team with the whole season in mind? So this isn't a Premiership, Premier League team of the season. I, did I, did, I didn't really include champions. I didn't really think of Europe. So right, um, okay. Just yeah, domestic. Yeah, I, I was thinking domestic. So I was thinking Prem right. FA Cup. I, I just did a shout that. out to Edison. It's it's weird. It's weird. You know, we don't give Edison much love, and he's you know he's a championship winning a goalkeeper who pretty much keep is up there with clean sheets. Does anyone know where he's in terms of saves? Because I'm wondering if that's the reason why he probably doesn't get the respect that he might deserve. Is it is it just was it just a pet thing? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not looking enough. Maybe we don't respect his passing enough either. I don't know. No, he's definitely, we definitely respect his passing. Yeah. Um, the uh, So we said Shaw is a defender. Yeah. At, um, right back, Mark and Rory's gone for Kufal. Danny went for Cancelo. And I went for Castagne. Because I wanted they're, to get a Leicester player in there. They're all, they're, they're, to be fair, they're all pretty fair shouts. Yeah, yeah I, th- I, think I was really close. I was really close with Kufar. It was it was a toss up between him and Cancelo. Well, again, look, I'm going to be a stupid. I'm going to show my intelligence again when it comes to football. But didn't Cancelo play a lot of midfield as well? No, nah, no, he sort of like really. tucks in. He sort of does he that like thing. he plays in midfield because yeah. of how Pep plays. But nah, yeah, he was he, he played. I was wondering yeah. if I was getting him confused with um with Ferran Torres or someone because I always just felt like he 
I was like, is it right back? I was trying to think, no. and I was like, it's because he used to be in the box an awful lot. It seems Pep to be tucked, something in the middle. It's because Pep tucks his fullbacks in, so everyone else. If you think of it like a chessboard, he moves his two fullbacks inwards, which then pushes everyone up one square. If that makes sense, just yeah, it's just a little Pep thing to try and get more two v ones in the in the final third. But so I can see why more, you do more think. of a draft guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's at centre backs. We all went for Ruben Diaz, like we said. Uh, who just outstanding season, one of the new, new best centre backs in the Premier League, without a shadow of a doubt. And was he 23 years old? I mean, goodness me. Um, I called that, by the way, when he went from Benfica, because he was, I watch a, a little bit of Benfica as well. He was outrageous at Benfica. Oh, there you go. How much is on FI on him? Um, so the other centre back, we uh, position, Danny, Mark, and myself all went for Maguire, Slabhead himself. Rory went and put Fafana. Oh, that's the uh, he was he was going to be close. So I had it was between Fafana and um, and Maguire for me, but I went for Maguire because when you look at his record with Man United, he, not just his record and his performances, but this injury that he's had now is the first time he's not played a game for Man United since the day he signed. He's been an ever present. He's always there. And I felt like we lost them all. <laughs> I felt like we <laughs> lost every game. He wasn't there. Leicester, yeah. yeah. Villarreal. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really like Maguire. If I'd have gone three at the back, Maguire would have been in there. But would well, you not yeah. think that the, you miss Maguire as well because the drop off between the, the other set and backs is quite large as well? Saying yeah. that, I quite like Eric Bay. I'm, I, I want to give a little bit of love to Eric Bay. Maybe me. Are you yeah, I've, I've given up on him. I was a big fan rude. of Bay for a while, but I've given up. Stay fit. He's very fit. rash. He's very yeah. rash. But He's I think panicked. if you got. I think if you've got a run of games, I think the thing with centre-back is so much of it, I've, I've gone over this before, so you just all know my feelings on it, but with defenders especially, it's so much about communication and getting a run of games, but it never seems to be able to stay fit long enough to have like an extended run of games in the uh, team. He's constantly, constantly jumping around and kicking people and like twisting, he gets himself so twisted that no wonder he does yeah. his ankle every three weeks. <laughs> he must, he must he, I bet he averages like one in three games he gives away a penalty. Oh, without doubt, yeah. yeah. He's definitely a liability. Can, can, just a quick one then. What, what is it with um? What is it with AB? Like, I, I don't know if I've, the more he doesn't play, he's turning into Wilshire mate, where he gets better and better. What, why is he not playing? Is he just not good? Just yeah, I just don't think he's standout. I don't think there, there's clearly not a plan, a plan for him. I I don't no, think anyone outside Maguire is excellent in our centre backs. I would I would honestly fully fit, but Phil Jones is probably our second best. Oh God, that is a massive. It's a funny one, that isn't it? Where is Phil Jones? What is he he's doing? Injured. He's just injured. Still injured. Playing for Blackburn. Um. So midfield. Yep. We said Kante, Gundogan. Uh, Gundogan. I feel like he had a re- excellent, obviously, first half of the season, then kind of died off. Am I right in saying that? I think they're uh, isn't they? No, I, I think the reason. I'm sure the same reason. If we all picked him, but the reason for me, like I didn't pick De Bruyne. But I picked Gundogan. Obviously, you have to have Man City players because they won the league and they were the best team. But for me, Gundogan stepped up when they needed him most. Yeah. And he stepped up consistently for quite like he wasn't the best player every week in the Premiership. This is the start of the season, he was a bit quiet. But the moment that City needed him and started playing him in that 10 position, he was unbelievable, like absolutely untouchable, consistent. And so for that, 10, 12-week period, maybe 15-week period where he was unbelievable. He, that is the difference between them winning the league and not, I think. And that's why I picked him over De Bruyne, who is still obviously amazing, but I just don't think he had the same impact this year. Also, he can play anywhere, Gundogan. He can play, like at Dortmund, he played as like an out-and-out central midfielder. 
Um, he can sometimes play as a 10. You know, he could probably even do a job out in one of the wide positions. I don't know if we've seen him there, but he's just a, as as some people would say, he's just a footballer. He could play, he could play almost anywhere. I always used to say that about Ramsey. Like Aaron Ramsey, he could play on the right, could play centre mid, could play in front of the back four, was just a, a really good all-round footballer. Um, and I'd put I'd put Gundogan in the same in the same sort of how, bracket. I love how Rory caught me, lad. Proper, can barely speak English, but when it comes to football name pronunciations, it's always different. <laughs> Gundogan. He's like Martin Tyler. I just can't quite say her name right. <laughs> to be yeah, fair, I, I did... love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love Diaz. Diaz. Yeah. The funny thing is, I, I did hear you throwing "can barely speak English" in there as well. Don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so three of us picked Hernandez uh, in midfield. Uh, Rory actually went for Phil Foden. Yeah, a uh, number of reasons. First of all, I like in that sort of more advanced position. I like more of a, I like a little tricky like David Silva type of Lionel Messi type of you know twinkle toe sort of player. Whereas I think of. Bruno Fernandez more in the mould of a of a one matter who who's more likely to open a team up with a pass or a drop of the shoulder and a little slid uh, slid ball in between the um, fullback and centre half. Whereas Foden's more of like a dribbler, um, so that's pretty much why I went for that. Bruno, I think he's a good player. I just I think there's still too many question marks around United. To be honest, I think there's still too many. But that question has nothing marks. to do with that. Has nothing to do with Bruno. Bruno. Is just stand out one of the best players in the Premier League. This, this yeah, he, he's the reason. Good about this Man United the... is through Bruno. No, normally we get to the last game of the season with our calculators working out what do we need to happen to get top four. Like our season finished weeks ago, like comfortably, and it was like he's, he's probably yeah. But you'd put and you'd put that all down to Bruno. I he had 30 Pogba, goal involvement. Yeah. So 18 goals, 12 assists in the Premier League this year. How many his goals? I don't want to sound like one of them yeah. Twitter. He might have got eight, nine penalties. Yeah, he might have got eight, nine penalties, whatever. But he's still got, I mean, 12 assists. The yeah, only person think, that got more assists was Harry Kane. Yeah, I think he, look, I think he's a good player. I just, I think in terms of excitement, I think Foden's more exciting. I think Foden's more likely to go around a player. I think uh, Bruno's more likely to open a, open a team up with a through ball or a shot. Um but I don't think this is a. This isn't a. Who's your favorite yeah. player? Is a, yeah. Who's been the best player this season? If you, if you well, tell me, Maximum's on the other one for a while. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah, I, I, do love your on the other wing. Yeah. I do love. I do love your two's passion though. You're literally acting like I've, I've insulted one of your children. I. <laughs> I don't. You've literally you're, you're not put probably one of. You don't yeah. put Bruno in. In. You, you're not even. You're not even talking like. Oh, he just missed it. You're like. He's not even close to my Premier League team in the season. Like, no, I never, I never said that. But you're acting like that. You're like, oh, he's not excited. No, I just, no, like, I just, I just prefer, I just prefer Foden. I think Foden did. I think That's Foden because he's he's miles better than Foden. Oh, I disagree with you. I disagree that he's miles oh, better than Foden. That's a conversation for another day. It, Foden's still got a lot to prove. Yeah. Like, Foden's yeah, a great yeah, player. A lot. He has, but, but he's not Bruno Fernandez just yet. Well, we will. All right, yeah, so we'll you're right. So you're, Rory, we'll do that one another day. Well, yeah, we'll do it another day. Yeah, yeah. And um, me, Rory, Mark, and myself all went for De Bruyne. Danny did not. Surprising. I, I'm not. I, I, De Bruyne is the one I feel a little bit of regret putting in my team because. 
I feel like I put him there on ability rather than a season review. Like what, on his day, this, yeah. on his fair. day, he's good, and I just feel like I, I'm still waiting, like for De Bruyne really to lift City's season. Like I feel like the Champions League final this year. I thought, okay, this is the season. He turned up against. Uh, He's turned up in the semis, the quarters. Last season, he had a, a brief spell against Real Madrid. And I was like, OK, he's showing that actually when City need him, he turns up. And then again, he's fallen at the hurdle. And I, I, but then I tried to remove Europe. That's tough. He got a headbutt in the face. He, yeah, yeah. He broke his, fractured his cheek or something, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, tough one. Chris, I have a question yeah. about my team. Did I, put Fo- did I put Foden on the right and De Bruyne through the middle? No, yeah, you put so you put the Bruyne through the middle and then Foden. Yeah, so I didn't oh, even yeah. I didn't even drop. Uh, so I dropped I dropped Fernandez for the Bruyne, not for Foden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you played Foden enough. as a defensive mid, right? No, I played Foden <laughs> as a right on the right wing. Um, yeah. So um, Danny actually went ahead and picked Son, the only person to do that. I, I don't hate on that. Well, it's, it's, it gets a bit weird up front, isn't it? Uh, trying to pick kind of. I think the thing for me with Son is like. Um, because of what happened to Tottenham season, because of all the mess that happened, I think a lot of it gets forgotten. But midway through the season, do you remember the, the, whoever it was your mate was doing that bet of Son to assist Kane and Kane yeah, to assist yeah. Tottenham? It was consistent for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. And I know in the end, Spurs didn't have the greatest season, but Son and Kane were outrageous. For three quarters of the season, they were unbelievable. And you look well, at the stat, you coach, yeah. you know I love a stat. I couldn't. I can't argue with it. Like his his goal involvement is unbelievable for Son. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was forgotten. I think you do kind of have to hold Spurs season to account, especially when it comes to the players that are in there. And then to have Kane and Son, two players from Spurs, mm-hmm. ending up in your Premier League team of the season, just seems a bit weird to me. I, I won't. I won't disagree with you massively saying you can't have Son in there. It is kind of like an indictment on their team as a whole, where I just couldn't bring myself to put of them in and, and you can't really knock what Kane because as an out-and-out striker there's there's no one else you can put in the Premier League Oh, Kane yeah without a doubt Kane was in oh yeah you could um, put Kane but, uh, I mean Rory to your point earlier about penalties um, Son scored the most of any players without penalties so because Son oh, did really? great penalties so he's got always scored all of his 17 goals were um, from open play right. so hang on Chris who did, <laughs> yeah. who did the rest of us they were all in put? the first he did who, what? who did the rest of us put? As in, instead of Son, uh, you did Foden. Me and me and um, Mark actually put the Boyner in that position. So hang on, who was my three behind? What Salah, your midfield, the Boyner and Foden. I went and Salah, the Boyner and Foden. Right, yeah. yeah. Son, to be fair, Son. In that case, Son's unlucky to miss out. I think if he'd have had the second half of the season, if he'd have had a quiet first half of the season and then a really good second, yeah, he'd have probably got in. But the problem was he did all of his best stuff before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree with yeah. that. That feels like it's about about 10 years then, ago to me. And that's what I think with yeah. Foden. Because if you look at the first half of the season, Foden's minutes, he he, he played like once every three games. So I think yeah. put Foden in the team when only the second half of the season is when he even started playing 90 minutes, let alone yeah. actually playing well. There's a lot of recency. I'll admit there's a lot of recency bias with, with mine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but then it's the business end of the season for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, on a mention, Danny wanted to write Mount, uh, John Stones, don't know why, and Suchek. Suchek's, Suchek's been... Br- I love Suchek. Uh, 
I really. I think he's been amazing. He's, he's just been too well, big. He's just well, too big to be a centre mid, isn't he? Like six <laughs> foot. He's like Sander Burge. The two of them are like six foot six yeah. centre mid. Like, I love. I love hearing his interviews. He's a quality interview. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? But yeah, I like him. Uh, my, honorable mentions, my honorable mentions was Edison, as I said, Mount Grealish, hundred percent. I, I I wish I put him in. Actually, I wish I found a way to put him in. And actually, when you were just talking about the Bruyne mark, I wish I took him out and put Grealish in there. <laughs> Um, and Cresswell, actually. I think Cresswell's yeah. been excellent. Um, but yeah, all right. So then quickly going through, we should have hopefully picked our player of the season, manager of the season. Have we done that? No, but yeah, I can. Yeah. 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 No, but you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, I've done it. Yeah, good. Good for you. Who have you done then? Who have you picked? Who's your player oh, you of the season? Want me to, you want me to go first? You just said you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> player of the season, Harry Kane, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah same, same. I think he, I think he constantly shows because I don't think Harry Kane's the most gifted footballer in the world, but I think he's the probably one, the one season wonder. He's probably yeah, one season wonder. I think he's probably in the top two strikers in the world. Though, or well, he's definitely him and Lewandowski are head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah. and I just think that he shows that he reads the game, he holds the ball up, he drops into pockets, he can pick a pass, he's great in the air. He can finish with either foot. He can score from outside the box. He can score a header from in the six-yard box. He can score a tapping. He's just he's just a complete striker. He's genuinely the complete striker. And I hate the fact that he plays for Tottenham. And he won the golden boot and the golden assist. And the golden which, assist. Is that what we're calling it? The you, golden, the oh, golden, uh, golden playmaker. Or whatever golden playmaker. To win What's both top assists. Even though he does score penalties, it's like oh, yeah, to get the assist. Well, and penalties for coming indictment on a player. This is so strange. What's going on here? Well, no, because what you got to do, if a player scores 22 and one scores 23, but the guy with 23 scored eight penalties and the guy with 22 scored none, it, I'd say the 22 is a better goal scorer. But, yeah, um, but, yeah. like, but the fact that Kane does it all is... I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I him, don't know how... Him you have to give it to just... Him. Him and Lewandowski are just head and shoulders above anyone else in the world in the number nine position. Both. I actually yeah. went for Ruben Diaz personally. Yeah, great player. I thought you. I, we we kind of me and Danny actually spoke about it. And we kind of called it just before, and we were saying, could they actually give it to a centre back? And I didn't. I wasn't convinced he was going to get it, but um, he ended up doing it. So he got the right. He got he got the writers. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't got the PFA one yet, but. They'll probably give it to Kane, no doubt. If not, it has yeah. to be Diaz, I'd imagine. But yeah, it's one of those two for sure. Yeah. Uh, who's got a manager of the season? It's got. Uh, I've gone Pep. I don't, and I can't hear any anyone against it because I'm sorry oh. to say again, it's Moise. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've gone for Moise too. I've yeah, actually I've gone, gone for Moise too, and I have to say, it, it, Brendan Rodgers, I think, needs a shout out because Leicester spent more time in the top four than any other team this season. It was only the last week of the season that he screwed up. You if they've what? got Champions League and won the FA Cup, you'd have to say. As a sensational season for Dan, if they if they didn't drop off the top four, and it is this recency bias, I, I think for him he's he's the runaway winner for it. But the fact that he wasn't able to kind of get them yeah, over on the FA Cup. Can I, can I say something about Rogers? Yeah, one sec. Due to their current standings, Moyes doing what he did with West Ham versus uh, in their just in their finishing position versus what Leicester did. I just, I just, maybe I just like it more. I said at the beginning of the season, and I'm kind of sticking with that. Moyes is a good manager, and I, I just think he's been excellent for them. Go on, yeah, yeah. So what I will say about Rodgers is he has got Leicester playing lovely football. But what I will say about about Leicester is is that we still think of Leicester as a small club, 
But if you yeah. look at their if you look at their players one through to eleven, they've actually got a really. I mean, they've got a, a squad that's absolutely packed full of internationals. Your um, is as good as anyone in the league in that position. Um, even and Didi and Didi is other than Kante probably yeah, I'd agree with the that. best the best type like you know that sort of buzzy busy sort of uh, central midfield player he's as good as anyone other than Kante Crystal Palace player yeah <laughs> um, Vardy is you know you could Annie and Nacho actually they've got two really good striking options they've got James Madison who for all of his faults he can unlock a defence with a ball and he's he's very comfortable from set pieces I think that that Rogers' job is overstated because I do believe that there's so much quality in that Leicester City squad. Whereas if you look at if you look at West Ham, they've got pretty much the same players that they've had for the last few seasons. But David Moyes, despite being mocked for the last seven, eight years because of how shit he was at United and then how shit he was at Sunderland and then how shit he was in Spain with Sociedad. He's actually come back and he's proved everyone wrong, myself included. I'll hold my hands up and say that I thought Moyes was rubbish. But I told you he was fair, good. Fair play to him because he's been mugged off absolutely everywhere for the last eight years and he's, he's handled everything with dignity and he's come back and he's had an unbelievable season with players that most of us had never heard of a year ago. Have we got um, best worst signings? I've, yeah. Uh, my, my best signing is... Mart- well, I went for two, actually, if that's all right. Both for the same team. I went for Martinez and I actually went for Ollie Watkins. I've yeah, I've got I put three three down, um, and I, I tell, so the two the two runner ups was right. well Suchek who was on loan at last season but they signed him this year, yeah. Ruben Diaz. But I hate my that. winner count. I I know what you mean. I do. I, I hate my that. my winner is Callum Wilson, so. I was looking at Callum Wilson. Newcastle That's really interesting. Newcastle actually. didn't win a single game he didn't play in. Yeah. And um, they finished 13th. They finished 13th. And he was and every game he was missing mid-season, they they either drew or lost. And they lost He's most too of good it. For Newcastle. Just, He's a quality forward. He's too good for Newcastle for me. He but look at you just gotta look at the games he played in and he yeah. basically kept him up. And I'm like talking of signing the season, you're like, well, he only played half a season, they won all their games in that half he played. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really good shout because I, I Newcastle were a hundred percent down if they didn't have him. One hundred percent. One hundred, yeah. Like you got one down. That. Uh yeah, I mean, and also Martinez, I think, was up there, but um one that I think is although I don't think he's the greatest, I think it was such an important signing, which was uh Mendy for Chelsea because they had such a problem with Kepa like they, they got top four yeah, they, won, they won, won the Champions League and they got to the FA Cup final like they had a very good season I think you know Mendy I know we're not talking about Europe but he's now I think he broke the record right for the least goals conceded in a Champions League competition or, or, or um, series for a year um, and I think they needed a, a goalkeeper so badly is he the best goalkeeper in the world? No but I think that was a really important signing for them yeah. because without him well, it's both in it. It's probably him, a combination of him and Tuchel at the same time. You know, Tuchel obviously sorted out. I think he was great for Lampard. If you remember when he came in, his first like seven games, he didn't concede a goal. I feel like we were making jokes about it when he first came Yeah, he was, he was wobbly. Like, <laughs> he was definitely wobbly. I'm not saying he's the best goalkeeper in the world, but I think in terms of signings, I think he's really important for Chelsea. Yeah, I agree with that. A player doesn't have to be the best player in the world. He just has to be a good fit for that team. Like, yeah. like to make to make an impact. 
Um, yeah. Rory, do you want to say one or are you happy to? Yeah, I've, I, 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 it's a bit predictable, but Ruben Diaz. Fair enough. I think. Was that this season? Yeah. That was this season, yeah. yeah. Worst uh, signing, can I go first? Yeah, uh, go on. I'll, I'll give you all a guess first. Who do you think I'm going I'm to go with? I, I think you're going to go with uh, Willian. Uh, you would be correct. So I've gone with Willian too. He was the runner up. There is so many good young wide players in world football at the minute, exciting young wide players, whether they play in France or whether they play in France. Most of them are at Arsenal as well. Some of them are even at Arsenal, like Martinelli and Saka. The fact that they went and waived a three-year, 200 grand a week contract at Willian just... Shows you it's just a testament oh, to how you, bad you, you liked you kind of liked that sign in the beginning of the season. I'm I did because crazy. do you know what? I thought they were going to play him as a 10. I thought they were going to play him as a 10 and put him on set pieces, and I thought he'd, he'd look vaguely interested. Yeah, <laughs> like, so, so, so to, to spoiler alert, he was in my worst than I thought player. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just he's just clearly not interested. That's the issue I have. The issue isn't, isn't that we signed him because, because if you're going to put him as a 10 instead of Ozil and you're going to put him on set pieces. You go, all right, he takes a blinding free kick. I mean, you saw the goal he scored at the end of the season. Like, he takes a good free kick. But he just looks so disinterested. Yeah, and got no interest in playing. No interest. Like, no. Apparently, he's got a few restaurants in London, and that's why he wanted to stay in London to manage his restaurants. Yeah. And, and then where months for fucking allowing him to do that? That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, like, I thought you would have got a season out of him. In all honesty, yeah, that's yeah. what he's worse than I thought. If you'd had one good season, and then he but, would have milked his contract. Exactly. But I, I, I was speaking to a Chelsea fan who actually said that, oh, he, under the radar, he was that bad last season as well. But no one outside of Chelsea noticed because of how much creativity in those wide areas they've got so Mark, who's your who's your worst signing mark i i actually can't pick between these two and it's weird because one is a signing for our champions who seem to be perfect and that is nathan ake 41 yeah. million pound i always pep, thought that was a nonsense signing. pep, pep, pep played at pretty much a different 11 every was that week this year yeah <laughs> yeah, I really signed, liked do you remember they signed him a couple of weeks before Diaz? That was their that was their centre back solution for 41 million. Then Pep's played a different team every week and Ake just just struggles and it's like but I was caught between him or Brewster. So well, I, I, I went for Brewster. I, yeah. I don't think there's any argument actually. I just yeah. 24 million quid. He played 27 games and scored no goals. I mean, that's a confidence thing. That's got to be a confidence what, thing. With also, what a bad like, signing. The thing is, you say he played, what did he say, 27 games? He played. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 he must have yeah. averaged like eight minutes a game though. Like, yeah. No, not at all. No, he, he played. He played more regularly than that. He was terrible. I he mean, Sheffield United were bad, but he to spend was 24 he, million on I feel, him. I feel was he missing chances like, or was he just, was he, I didn't watch much of Sheffield United. Was he missing chances or was he like... He's just not, non-existent just, from, from my point of view. No yeah, shot, non-existent no in the game. Didn't do anything, didn't run, didn't look for the ball, didn't, didn't call for it, did nothing. Oh, it reminds me, uh, Liverpool somehow do this thing where it used to be Bournemouth, they did it too, and now they've done it to Sheffield United. It reminds me of like Solanke selling him for 25 million. Jordan Ives like, as well. Jordan Ives is another one, right? How do they do this? How do they find not, these players? They- they, they go on footy index and they hype up these youngsters. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's probably because their fans hype up their players so much. People go, well, he must be good. Well, what's funny was at the start of the football, at the start of the season in um, fantasy football, I was like, oh, Brewster's only 4.5 million for a starting striker. I'm like, well, how, how bad can he be? That's I mean, it turns clubs, out. Clubs need to get whoever values players on fantasy. He knows. 
<laughs> no, yeah. straight away. Right. Uh, Danny, have you got what turned out the best this season for you? No, what do, no. Oh, what do you mean? This is your idea as well. Thank you. <laughs> what turned out? Like, what's the best? I thought who was better than I thought this season. There you go. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. I didn't know. I didn't know what you were talking about. Uh, who was better than I thought they would be? Yeah. Uh, I actually didn't think about that one, uh, but right. I'll have a think. I'll no, go in it because I think there's going to be a number of players in this team. But I went for Patrick Bamford. So oh, great shout because. He he was labelled. Who was the player you were talking about last week, Rory? When you went Jason Kumas. Kumas. He was yeah. definitely Bamford was definitely labelled with that until this yeah. season. Yeah, and, yeah, and maybe it, it is just a case of better management. Getting getting a, a manager who'll be like, Do you know what, you're labelled a Championship striker. You failed every time you've been in the yeah. Premier League, but I'll trust you. And yeah, what's your yeah. worst thing then? You said it. You said it was a uh, William. It was it? William. Yeah, I thought Arsenal would at least get one season out of him. I don't even think they got five games. Worth no, he was fucking terrible, man. I hate that geezer. Uh, what uh, What was uh, what surprisingly worked out well for me was um, just Arsenal's youngsters as a whole. Saka and uh, Emil Smith Rowe quality. Uh, Tierney doesn't count, but he's still young, and I love him. And I just want to give him a mention. So them as a whole. Uh, in an abysmal season for Arsenal, I think the only bright sparks was our young players. And players yeah. like William can go somewhere else because I think we're not going to be battling for top four, it seems, for, for a while, unfortunately. But I'd like to at least garner and, and, and hone some of the young players that we've got. Cause, yeah, I'm with that. Bring Saliba back. Yeah, I think yeah. you've got to give a shout out to John Stones as well. I think if you're talking about players who were surprised Never. how good that, you know, at the start of the last season, the reason they spent 40 million on Ake and then 30 million odd on Diaz and everything, it's because they were like, we desperately need centre backs. We haven't got any. Stones was nowhere in the picture. How he managed to fight his way back and then make it his own. And it's great for England because we, we really needed him. But I think fair play to him. He, he much, much better than anyone would have expected. What, um, what was surprisingly disappointing for me this season was uh, my take on Leeds and Bielsa. <laughs> and yeah. age well. Uh, he's probably not as fraudulent as I thought. I think next season they won't do as well, but for a team oh, they got promoted. It reminds me of my, my better than I thought. What's that? So it's uh, a lad that actually started off at Arsenal, dropped all the way down to Yeovil. We look left back. Yeah. No, 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 the, no, the right back. At oh, Leeds. for Leeds. Yeah. yeah. For Leeds. Luke right. Ailing. Luke Ailing. Is he a yeah, left back? I, right back. I remember him like 10 years ago. I never thought he was a bad player, but I thought he would go on to have a half decent career playing between League One and the Championship. So I didn't think he was a terrible player by any stretch of the imagination. I just didn't think he would be a 38 game regular starter in a mid table Premier League team. So fair play to him. He's, he, he got released from Arsenal when he was very young, 18, 19. Dropped all the way down to, to League Two and has worked his way back up. And I thought he had a really decent season. I think he's a really solid player, actually, Luke Ailey. He, so, he was actually, I think he was on the bench in a Champions League game once for Arsenal. That's as high as he got. Yeah, and that's as high as he ever got. And then he started at the bottom of the league pyramid and he's always looked good. He's always equipped himself yeah, well. I like him. Runs his absolute bollocks off and he does have a shit barnet. But other than that, he needs a few more goals and assists in his name. I think last yeah. season for Leeds, he was very, he was, he was good. He was quite involved from goal yeah. and assist this year, not so much. Yeah. But only thing yeah, is, I, think I think he might be thirty now, actually. So I think that I don't know how long he'll stay. He'll be stay because he is the sort of player who will get offered a three-year contract by a Championship team now because you know he's got that experience of going up. Well, right, Danny, Danny, on a scale of one to ten minutes, how long is your game? 
Um, I tried to make it quick, um, but it's all going to depend on you guys. We don't have to do it, but we can do it if you want. Um, well, basically, it's just quick it's just a quiz, and it's just two questions each. So, and it's That's multiple good. choice. So, That's I'm kind of hoping good. it's quick. <laughs> um, so, this week we are doing a quiz all about the Euros because obviously the Euros starts next this week. So, um, I'm going to challenge you on how much you know. Some of these are pretty tough. Some of them are a bit obscure, but it's just questions about the history of the Euros. Um, you should know most of them. Plus, I've made them all multiple choice because some of them are too hard. I don't right. Know. Who, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Fine. Rory, your first question. Reigning world champions France came back from a 1-0 deficit and defeated Italy 2-1 in Euro, in Euro 2000 to lift their second Euro title. But which French player scored the 93rd minute equaliser? David Trezeguet. Was it A, David Trezeguet, B, Zidane, or C, Sylvain Wiltord? Oh my God, was it Trezeguet cross for Wiltord? You've literally, you've killed me with that multiple choice. No, it was Trezeguet. It was Wiltord cross for Trezeguet. Down the left, Wiltord kite back, Trezeguet scored. That is incorrect. Trezeguet scored the winner in exactly that way, but Wilson scored the equaliser. Listen to the question. Who scored the equaliser? Danny gave you life there. (laughs) He was like, uh, not taking your first answer. (laughs) Yeah. I thought you might. Anyway, who's going second? Uh, Go on, I'll go. Chris, who is the only player to score in the final? No, go on. Who is the only player to to score in the finals of two consecutive Euros? Was it A, Fernando Torres? Was it B, Andres Iniesta? Was it C, Xavi Hernandez? Well, I feel like Fernando Torres never scored, didn't it? There was something, there's a, there's a weird statistic with Fernando Torres. You said Iniesta or Xavi. I'm going to go for Iniesta. Oh, the answer was Torres. Torres. It was Fernando Torres was in 2008 and 2012 when they won it. We were in Magaluf when he scored against Germany. That yeah. What is it then? Is it that he only scores in finals? I feel like there's a weird statistic with him in the Euros. Uh, I don't know. Um, Mark, right, uh, your hope. question. Which team has appeared at the most European championships without winning the trophy? Is it A, England, B, Croatia, C, Turkey, or D, Poland? Oh, I, I know we haven't qualified for a few. Um, yeah, but like we didn't go in 2008. I think we missed 92. Two. Oh, boy. Uh, so we've missed two. I'm going to go with uh, Poland. The answer is England. Oh, is it? England have played in nine Euros and never won it. Uh, uh, I thought you were going to get Croatia. Up, they, they were, yeah. No, Croatia's yeah, only been a country since about 1991. True. Yeah. You're all um, you're all terrible at this. Good. Uh, Rory, back to you. Right. Who was the top scorer at Euro 2004? Was it Wayne Rooney, Zinedine Zidane, Milan Barosh, or Ruud van Nistelrooy? Easy, Rory. Easy. It was Rooney. It was Milan Barosh. He scored in every game up to their semi-final. He scored five. That's something I remember. Yeah, yeah, because Liverpool. He was. I think he had signed for Liverpool the year before. Do you remember? Yeah, Rooney, 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 Rooney and Zidane both got four. Like four yeah, Rooney and Zidane both got four. Rooney only played in like four games, whereas Barosh played in way more, but he got five. 
Didn't that right. massive? What was that massive Czech player who played up front with Barros? He was about seven foot. Six foot eight, thought, didn't he? He was six foot eight. Jan Collar. Jan Collar. Jan Collar. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was. He right. Who was second? Who went second? Um, Chris, the Penenka penalty was born at the European Championships. But against who did Antonin Panenka score the first ever Panenka penalty? Against who? Against who in Euro 76? Was it oh, England? Oh, killed him. Was it England, Netherlands or West Germany? I, I don't even know who Panenka played. <laughs> it was for. <laughs> I, think, I think it was, it was for, I'll tell you, it was for Czechoslovakia. Czech, yeah. Um, I'm going to go for, who was that last one? It was England, Netherlands, West, West Germany. Germany. I'm going to go for West Germany. That is correct. It hey, was hey, West hey, Germany. Hey, hey, hey. I'm glad you got that right because he killed you with that question. So yeah. fair play. The reason it was uh, the reason I like that is the first ever penalty shootout in the competition, and the guy won it with a Penenka, and that's why it's called a Penenka. Yeah. Nice. Um, weren't called a Penenka when he done it. No, but he was the I first ever to do Penenka it. Penenka was a Brazilian word. That is nuts. Czechoslovakia, yeah. Uh, right, Mark. This is to so at the moment Chris is winning this unless you get this. Mark, which player was named in the Euros team of the tournament in three consecutive tournaments in 2008, 2012 and 2016? Was it A, Pepe, B, Carlos Puyol, C, Sergio Ramos or D, Philip Lahm? Literally any of them. I've got to go with... uh... So who was their centre-back to know it? It would have been Puyol... Yeah, I'm going to go with Puyol. You've got to go Lam. Got to Surely. go Lam. Lam or Ramos. What years did you say? 2008, 2012, 2016. Oh, 16. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've already answered one. <laughs> yeah. so remember, Portugal won it in 16, got to a final in final. 08. It was actually Pepe. He was man of the match Portugal in the 2016 never got to the final, final in 08. It was Germany, Spain. Germany, yeah, Spain in 08. It was. And what, and they was it 20. 20- when did Portugal get... When Portugal... Oh, it was 2004 they lost to oh, Greece. 2004 they lost to Greece. Even yeah. still, Pepe was in the team of the tournament three years in a row and he, oh. got, man of, he got man of the match in the 2016 final as well. Stand Pepe. Uh, Pepe, Chris is the winner. Chris, hey, you, I, hey, look at that. I did, <laughs> I did have a tie break because I thought you'd all get none. But, oh, uh, on, Matt, Chris won it. And the question was just going to be, uh, Michel Platini currently holds, still holds the record for the most goals scored in a single European Championship. Eight. He did in 86, but how many did he score? It was close to two. Is it Anyone want to guess other than eight? Uh, in, in, in a single tournament? In a single tournament. Nine. I'll go ten then. It was nine. Congratulations. Oh, Chris is on fire. Killing it. Killing it. Someone get me a lottery ticket quick. Right. Good. Game over. Well done, Chris. I win, so I go first for my back four. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, in my back four, I'll go quickly. In my back four this week, uh, fans, fans are in my back four this week. They've just been started admitted back into all different types of sports. But these fans in particular are NBA fans. And I didn't want to do two NBA-related front three back fours, but couldn't resist. We've got the playoffs at the moment. This week, there's been people are going absolutely nuts. Remember a couple of weeks ago, Wally, when I just texted you saying, I think the world's going crazy because people yeah. are just losing it. <laughs> this week, there's been four incidents of fans just absolutely misbehaving at NBA games. Right? Did someone have a row with LeBron? 
No, 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 no. So one incident was where Fan, just as Russell Westbrook was walking down the tunnel, Good. threw popcorn all over his head. That made <laughs> Russell Westbrook, who's a fiery character in the first place, absolutely go mental, had to be held back. There was an incident where um, uh, where Kyrie Irving, playing against the Boston Celtics, um, got a water bottle thrown at his head. And do you know what? That really annoyed me because... Kyrie he, Irving's like well inoffensive, isn't he? Well, well, you say that, but he went to the middle of their floor and started wiping his feet on the Boston Celtics logo. So, do you know what? The fan was a little, obviously, maybe a bit out of order for throwing a bottle of water, but I just hated that it detracted from Kyrie Irving acting like a dickhead. But never, never mind. The fan should be doing that. We had another incident where a fan tried to run onto the basketball court and just try and jump the backboard and got absolutely tackled by one of the security officers. But the worst one of the lot was a fan who uh, spat on um tr- uh uh for god what's his name for atlanta trey young trey, trey young yeah trey on him. absolutely get mental the thing is with like the way that the, the world seems to be going the last few months it's like these things are just escalating more and more and more so i imagine throughout the week this is only going to get worse but basketball yeah. players are like all like six ten as well you know it's none of them started on kevin durant well, I mean, they're, six, they're seven foot, but they can't fight for shit, honestly. Basketball players might be some of the softest athletes in the world, and they're, like, massive. Try and Look at them what trying did, to do a fist fight. What it's did Westbrook big... do? Because I can imagine it was quite funny seeing Westbrook lose No, nah, I, think, I think that was just a fan just trying to get at him because Westbrook's a dickhead, isn't it? Westbrook is a dickhead. Dickhead. You used to love him. What are you on about? He left, he left didn't he? Yeah. Um, in my front three this week is the World Health Organization. Um, if you've been following the pandemic uh, quite closely when it comes to the World Health Organization and various other scientific outlets. They've actually been getting killed a lot by um, uh, a lot of pundits and scientists and stuff like coronavirus. They've been just getting a little bit, they've been criticized quite a lot by various people who are in the know about their handling of the coronavirus and some of the reports that they put out being false. But they've done a good thing this time because they've got on the DNI wagon for a bit of inclusivity. They've decided to name their COVID variants uh, under the Greek alphabet instead of where they come from to avoid stigma. Because apparently... I did, I, I did think these variants were starting to sound awfully like... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I know it's DNI, you, you, you've labelled it that, but part of me was like, it's true though. They're just picking random locations abroad and being like... Well, but the, the, the thing is, Mark, is that like, well, the, the four that they've named up till now is the UK Kent um, variant, the South Africa variant, the Brazilian variant, and the India variant. So it's not all ethnic-looking people. But there is a a history. There is a history. I know, right, we're not talking about the Spanish flu, but generally, and they've actually said in this article that they do name viruses after where they've come from. I just Viruses, yeah, but variants, they're starting to name variants saying like, oh, it mutated in India, like as... And it, I think there is a little bit of stigma attached to it. because Maybe, maybe. Fair enough. I mean, that's why yeah. the World Health Organization has decided that they don't want more people from China being attacked for being Chinese because of Donald Trump calling it a China virus. And, uh, you know... It's a really good idea to, to use the some sort of Greek alphabet or something. It's a bit like calling... Um, they now call weather storms by people's names, don't they? Um, you need some kind of naming conventions and stuff. So I think it makes yeah. sense. Well, they had, a, they had a naming convention, but now obviously it's racist. So now they've got to think of something else. So 
whichever they, the, the the version that they've used historically. But it's because that's just where it was first found. Doesn't mean just because that first variant was found in Kent doesn't mean it came from Kent. Like Kent didn't invent it. So I, yeah, I did get they, it. They they recognised it. They they obviously recognised it as a way in which it becomes more of a recognisable way. And and their idea as well because they can't call it what they usually call it, which is a B with a bunch of letters and dots in the middle, because that uh, can get confusing. So their idea was just simply do it. Name it after the lab room it was created in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time, definitely. I told you that at the beginning of the pandemic, there's a chance this could happen. It's, it's very unlikely they came from bat poop, but um, there you go. Right, who wants to go next? I, I'll go next, but try and be quick. So my back four is our all-favourite London mayor, Sadiq Khan. The reason I put him in my back four is... Lee Tory uh, mayor. I don't know if any of you have seen the, 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 the horrible video going around of Hyde Park the other night. Yeah, someone got stabbed, didn't it? What? Stabbed. stabbed. Oh and, and there's so, a video about it? A video of it. And then someone videoed a stabbing? It's more than a stabbing. It's these about four or five people chasing this one kid with huge machetes. Like It's still light out in Hyde Park. Like, oh, my God. Um, there's been calls since opening lockdown and being like, okay, people obviously... To hanging out in parks a bit more should there be a bit more of a surveillance on them but yeah it's horrible this video and um uh, there's obviously been outrage and stuff so i thought uh, let me see what sadiq khan has said on the matter and pretty much he said nothing um knife crime is just not not one of his priorities and uh but well, that's he did, hardly he knife did. crime boy that is that is sword crime that's machetes that, yeah this is but this is where it escalates to it's like you get a knife, you we'll get a knife. bigger this knife. This is a knife. Yeah, and that's how it works. But... <laughs> I thought you've played knifey spoony before. So, so, so yeah. So I thought, all right, let me see what Sadiq said on it, and and he's pinned tweet and everything is just around extending the Eulers uh, oh, to the north and south. So, so, so if if you ever thought um, Sadiq cares about Londoners, that that tells you where his heart's at. And, uh, that's I, don't why think anyone thinks, I don't think anyone thinks Sadiq Khan cares. I, I just don't know how he's getting away with this. It's just absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, but he just won again as the caring candidate. So but That's just because yeah. Londoners just can't get their head out of their own bumholes not wanting to vote for someone that isn't Labour. Like, fair but enough, yeah, you don't have to go for Tory, but for goodness sake, like you can't keep yeah. going to Labour could, could put an actual nonce forward as a candidate and Londoners yeah. would still vote for him. You Knife crime has gone up year on year, but in 2019, I saw the stats, it went up like significantly. And then in 2020, it dropped, but basically we had like three almost blank months during lockdown. So I kind of helped the stats of saying, oh, 2020 was a good year. Knife crime went They're down. They're not using that, surely. Uh, well, yeah, just, just uh, becoming a political podcast. Save it for all talk politics, which is on a Friday yeah. night on the same channel. <laughs> yeah. All right. Front three is uh, Osaka, the tennis player. Oh, um, I was wondering. Yeah, she's pulled out. And I, I kind of hope this is the start of something, like a bit more support. She got fined for not talking to the media. And she said ever since 2018, she suffers anxiety, doesn't like talking to, to the journalists in a big crowded one-on-one, uh, one-to-many space. And I kind of get that. As, as someone who, who panics when I present to large audiences, like I get it. And but the thing is, the option is take it or leave it for her. And um, yeah. we all remember her winning to 2018 was kind of tarnished, and she did come under a 
a lot of pressure after that. As as so the that's when Serena did. yelled at her. Yeah, uh, yelled at the and then the crowd master. booed her. And the crowd booed her. So she didn't really have the best start to life as a winner. So, and she was just saying, well, there was no support, no options. So I'm pulling out. And it's like, well, hopefully now they think of it because it's not, you should have your press obligations, but they should like be able to, to well, cater it, for it, certain people. Like yeah, she's like, a oh, literal kid. She's only about 20, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. but it's, not, it's an interesting one because when, when it first came out, I was like, it's, it's a bit of a tough one because they didn't leave, they didn't leave Roland Garros with much option. She just said she wasn't doing it, which, uh, according to their rules, you're supp- you're obligated to do it. Whether it's reasonable or not, whether these interviews actually amount to something or not, it's a different matter. So she didn't really give them a chance to actually respond. What she did then, if it's for her well-being, she ended up pulling out, which I think she should do because if you can't, if you're, if you find yourself in a situation where you can't deal with any situation, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not a proponent of people continue putting themselves in a position where it's not good for their well-being. And she did what she rightfully should have done and that's withdraw herself because she should be concerned with her own health and well-being but i remember like we've all followed sports for a long long time and if you hear a lot of these sports documentaries there's always talk of mentality of the people that are the best at their sport and that it's a mental game it's like 90 percent mental and part of it is because of the strain and stress and the rigors of it and maybe this is going to sort of change the situation for athletes that find it difficult when it comes to those that those other pressures, not just the game, but the other pressures, which would be a good thing, um, but I do. There is a part of me that thinks there is a part of me that thinks that you're you're doing sports at the highest level where there's the most leverage and the most stress. You do have to be able to deal with it on some level if you're going to succeed. You cannot play your sport at a high level if you're not able to deal with the stress on some level. But yeah, she did, but she she deals with the sports stress. She's like she's clearly won tournaments. She's one of the best tennis players in the world. Yeah, she just doesn't uh, want to be hounded. Uh, and yeah, the, thing, it, the only thing I'd say is I don't like her removing. Is it part of the sport though? Is is this other aspect part of doing the sport at the highest level? You get paid this much because of the the exposure that you, you get. You don't by get paid sport. though. You're you're confusing salaries now. She gets prize money for winning tournaments. Like it's a different setup. I'm, I'm and, not getting confused. It's the same thing. And no, but she she gets prize money for being winning a tennis tournament she enters a Correct. tennis tournament she wins yeah it. it's not a club she's not a face of a club she's not it's not like a, a, a footballer or a nfl player who has to represent their that they, they have certain duties which come as part of a contract it's it's a tournament yeah, but and part of it, the agreement to enter any tournament is that you're going to do the, you're going to do your press obligations she's signed it it may not be for a season or a particular club but it's for that competition yeah. and the thing is she obviously has tried didn't do it once. Yeah. They got fined. Haven't found some middle ground. So hopefully this finds some middle ground because it shouldn't just be a case of we're going to throw you out in front of all the press. Or... Well, by all accounts, by all accounts, she didn't give them the opportunity, which I actually feel for Garros to a degree. They didn't. They didn't. She didn't give them the opportunity. She. She obviously. She for whatever her reasons are, good or bad, she just didn't give them a chance to say, "All right, what can we do to make this easier?" It was, "I'm not doing press," and then I'm out. Yeah, that, so, yeah, but it sounds like they did well. They haven't found any middle ground, so hopefully this does find. Yeah, it. like that's why it's yeah. in my front three. Like, but I I don't agree with walking away. I think when you've got like sort of anxiety about doing stuff, sometimes easing in, doing it, getting practice, like you you got to breach your comfort zone. If every time you got nervous about doing something, you backed away, like it's not a good. They should find some middle ground, and then before she knows it, she'll probably be doing interviews just fine but yeah. as you said she's still a kid like 
All right. It's, it's tough to sports at the highest level, I hear. All right, my turn. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Right, my front three is this country. We have zero COVID deaths for the first time since last March 2020, which means... Hooray! Hooray. I'm hoping that we're somewhat nearer to life going back to normal. Well, it is kind of going back to normal. You know what it meant? It meant the admin person was off for the bank holiday. Yeah, the admin person had booked some some annual leave. Um, Half term. Hopefully, like... I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's gone back to normal for um, for me yet because as regular listeners to the podcast will know that I've got a dog, so I can't go out. So I'm basically still in lockdown. But on Saturday... You um, go out, you got a dog? Well, yeah, I go, go out around the block a few times into the local park with the dog, but I don't go out out anymore. But on Saturday, having a few beers, aren't we, boys? So, well, me and Chris are definitely having yeah. a few beers. I don't know whether he's... Um, I don't know whether he's invited anyone else or whether you've got your excuses in early yet or whether you're whether whether you're all, all the users there. all the listeners are coming as well. I don't know if Chris told you he's invited everyone on Twitter. Really? Yeah. The reason me and Danny have backgrounds is because there's huge thumbs over our heads. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean does that mean that breaking no. news on all talk that you two are you two are longing off Saturday? No, no, no. I, I well Chris said about Saturday and then Danny yeah. said Sunday for but it never really I didn't hit a plan, so. Right, so here but we yeah, have I'm a live. I'm around. We have Mark Williams live trying to backtrack, but yeah. So I never was... said I wasn't around. All right, fair play, fair play. Um, we might get some listeners involved as well. We might get all ten of them. Um, my back four: Luis Enrique, the manager of Spain, who last week did the unthinkable. He released his Spain team. There was no Sal of Atletico Madrid. There was no Sergio Ramos of Real Madrid. And worse still, there was no friend of the show, Sergio Canales, who is being repped on my back today. He's been dropped from the Spain squad. It's the first squad he's missed in about a year and a half. He's 30 years of age. He's probably never going to go to a tournament now. All because that prick decided that he wanted to make some weird point against players that have played for Real Madrid or players that are still at Real Madrid. Um, he's picked no Real Madrid players in his squad. He's like the, the Leicester City of the Spain squad. He was there all the way. All the way. All the way. He's like, you know, he's in the double figures for caps now. He scored a couple of goals to be dropped at the age of 30 as well. You'd be pretty gutted, wouldn't you? Because... I mean, luckily there is another tournament next year, but unless Enrique gets sacked, I can't see Canales making it. Um, yeah, I'm a bit gutted for him, to be honest. I think that a player as good as him should have... He deserves to grace a tournament before he retires, and he's been so unlucky with injuries. Um, yeah, I'm still a little Oh, bit he's just not good enough. He's just not good enough. He's dog shit. He's terrible. He's, he's, Worst player I've seen him. in a long time. Right. Number one, you've never watched him play. Number two, you don't know who's in the Spain squad. Number three, you don't know who Luis Enrique is. That's true, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, just a, just a bit, just a bit guided for him, and yeah, that's me, Danny. Yeah, so um, my back four um, is the Copa America organizers. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, the the news. So it was meant to be held in Argentina. They decided because of the COVID issue that they're going to move Rory, it. Rory would say Argentina. Uh, Argentina. Uh, they offered it to Colombia, who said no. You know, we've got bad COVID too, uh, and so it's going to Brazil. They were just starting their third wave, getting tens of thousands of deaths a day. 
uh, from COVID, uh, apparently totally fine to host the tournament. So um, there's quite a bit of uproar in South America because uh, why could it be held in Brazil over Argentina or Colombia when they're all just as bad as each other? Don't know. Um, but some are saying that it's uh, been fixed and it was always fixed and that years ago they already said they were going to try and do it in Brazil and they never wanted it in Argentina. So, um yeah, hate each other as well. Like them two countries, so there will be like cries of conspiracy. Why not like Chile or Paraguay or somewhere like? Don't know. I guess they need it. The infrastructure short notice. Yeah, I was going to say Brazil only had the Olympics not that long ago in the World and Cup. the World Cup. Yeah, so they pretty right. much ready, ready to go. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So um. That is unlikely to end well. Let's be honest, because um. There'll be a whole bunch of COVID related. Stuff. There's protesters um, constantly now in Brazil. Everyone's protesting because they don't want it because they're saying it's ludicrous because we're in lockdown. What are you doing hosting an international tournament? But there you go. They've chosen it to put it there. Should have been at Wembley. Exactly. Like someone right? on my should have, Twitter, should have done it Twitter actually said we should host it. Yeah. yeah. Every time a tournament fails, host it at Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> um, my front three this week is UEFA who, by some miracle, have actually done something positive. I don't know if you saw the news. They have scrapped the away goals rule. That's it. Ah. From next season, forever, for all European competitions, there is no more away goals rule. And I, for one, am very happy about that because I hate the away goals rule. I think it's rubbish. And so well done to UEFA for actually scrapping it. Worry, worry. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you don't like it. I do like I, I do like it. Yeah, I like it. Oh, you do like it. I mean, you don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I love the I love the away. Yeah, I love the away goals rule. I think it bring it adds like an extra bit of um like tactical now. I think but I can get why people why people hate it as well. I get why people hate it, but I, I like the fact that you know I like the fact that Italian teams for years used to like go away from home and just play or or their their home game they play for a nil nil draw and then their away game they just try and nick a goal. And then sit back. And that's that's exactly what they're trying to stop because they know that's been happening for years. I, it was yeah, it was introduced because teams were going for nil nils all the time. And they said an away goal, let's make goals worth more. And but football doesn't need any incentive at the minute to be attacking. But yeah, I just didn't like away goals counting an extra time. That was always my issue with it. Like if at the end of two ninety minutes the away goal could come into play, but the moment it goes to extra time, the away goal rule should be ditched. So there you go. That's going to be weird. Nice. I like it. Right. How long until they start yeah. judging it on like corners and stuff like that? Yeah. Wow. Shots on target. Yeah. Shots on target. Yeah. As an Arsenal XG. fan, you just hope it goes to alpha, alphabetical. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Top of Danny, the league would have, Danny would have XG if he had a choice. In yeah, fact, absolutely. Danny would scrap the league table and just do the league on XG. XG and, X, and XA league table would be wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Right. winning We shall wrap up this show. So this week, next time, I'm sure it will all be about the Euros. And we've got a, uh, we're talking still about our content for the Euros. And we're going to be a bit more prolific throughout the tournament, but we need to hash out the details. Mark doesn't seem to like it, but there you go. Right. We'll see you next time on uh, Auto FC. See you then. Bye bye. All right. Bye. bye.